Cougar fans, it is time. Touchdown! What a grab! It's time to raise your colors, raise your voice, and join in on the raucous roundtable about your favorite team, the BYU Cougars. 20-15-10-5, it's time to tailgate. Cougar Tailgate, where BYU sports fandom lives. And here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, Cougar Nation? I'm Lauren McClain, and we're here to tailgate with you, doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. BYU football takes on the SUU Thunderbirds in Week 2, following the first defensive shutout in nine years, but a lackluster offensive effort against Sam Houston in Week 1. For today's roundtable discussion, we have BYU TV sports producer Hema Hemuli and coordinating producer for BYU Sports Nation, Ben Bagley. Thanks for joining me, gentlemen. Malolele. What does that mean? Saipi. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing what, what language was that? <laughs> a little bit of tongue in for you. Oh, I, Ben, how do you know tongue? That's the real question. I, that's about the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> it was convincing, though. It was very convincing. There was a lot to take in after last week's fourteen to zero win against Sam Houston, and I think we all went through a myriad of emotions. Our first topic we'll discuss is what worried us most from week one, but what did you see that gets you excited for week two? But before we get to him and Ben, let's hear from some of you guys, the fans. Jacob Flores on Twitter said. I'm excited to see how Aaron Roderick and the offense responds after a small panic following Saturday's outcome. I think they will put in put it on the Thunderbirds defense this weekend to make amends. Did you put that one as the first one because you knew I was coming in? Because you know how excited I get when fans overreact. Because that was a, <laughs> that was a very calm it take was. on it. Like it was very hey, it was week mellow. one. Let's yeah. look ahead to week two. That's yeah. A, that's that's a level-headed fan. Congratulations. Good, good job, Jacob. He, I mean, he said the, the optimal word is small panic, right? We shouldn't yeah, yeah. panic. Yeah. It's week one. Like. <laughs> no, it's true. And good job, Jacob. I like this one. Uh, Texas Coog MCK on Twitter said, Patience is more than a virtue. It's necessary. Be patient and watch the wave of winds build momentum. <laughs> that was very poetic. Poetic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good job. <laughs> when, when did BYU fans become level-headed? This I don't, is, I this don't know. This is new. We like this. At just, it's because we're we're but we're part of a power five now. You we got a power mean? five mentality. Yes, you got to have a power five that, mentality. That explains the Texans being so poetic now. <laughs> it might be. At Jesse J. Cottom, worried me the most was lack of offensive performance in the first half. I'm excited for our defense and the linebackers slash corners along with our punter. At Dallin, getting to see the people and getting the free shirts and to see us win. That's what gets <laughs> the most excited about the SU game. Uh, at Kimi Palau. Please, I am hoping that we won't feel the same again how we felt in game one with our offense. Can't get more first downs and our QB1 and RB1. We want to see tremendous changes and vibes this weekend against SUU and so on. Pretty level-headed, mm-hmm. I would say, for the most part. Yeah, I don't know how big of a I – mean, we're going to get to this, but just if you're expecting leaps and bounds from game one to game two, I, are they my leaps or are they Superman leaps? Because there's two various – levels of leapage there right and pro- you'll probably see an, a, a progression but i don't think you're going to see superman leaping bu- buildings and single bounds here so well well let's let's begin with your guys's opinions Helma, let's start with you what worried you most coming out of week one but what gets you most excited going into week two um not necessarily worries i mean you look at the offensive side of the ball and like it's almost all brand new right um so i knew there was going to be some setbacks that first score early like made me feel like oh maybe maybe we do have our stuff together but then like as the game went on you see the you know the the hiccups that are expected in a first week game 
And so I, I wouldn't say worried necessarily. Um, I do hope to see some improvement within the next couple games before, you know, Big 12 play. Um, but that's that's my opinion on the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side I thought was phenomenal when I thought I saw everything that I wanted to see out of a Jay Hill defense, you know, this this season. So Which was surprising. I mean it's it's surprising to get what you want. Yeah. <laughs> like I oh, feel yeah. like that that's what everyone wanted to see, but you still don't know with a brand new defense. And it really was it was very satisfying. To yeah. see what Jay Hill brought. I look, mean, look at you using the vernacular of this generation of is very satisfying <laughs> to see. But uh, but you, no, I think the defense is by far and away the most exciting thing yeah. that has Cougar Nation excited going forward. And and I'm I'm not breaking any new ground here, but the offense. But the one part particular part of the offense that worries me is just that run game and is is the offensive line getting the push because if yeah. you're not getting a push against Sam Houston. Now, by the way, Sam Houston had some ballers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they weren't to the level that BYU's going to face all year round. Right. Now, it's going to be a little bit of a step back against SUU, but I I've got to see that offensive line get push mm-hmm. and the running backs be able to find holes not in the third and fourth quarter, but first and second quarter as well against SUU. That I think that's the the, the fact that the offense stalled out could be expected, especially when your your two best receivers and uh, Hill and Epps didn't play in the game. That th- that's understandable. You're going to see some hiccups yep. there. But the run game, something that I thought that BYU'd be able to lean into and lean on, and there wasn't much leaning into or leaning on in that run game on or off the field. Was mm. the offensive line that was so highly touted during fall camp severely overhyped? That was the first thing that came to my brain. When they weren't getting that push, and like you said, if they can't get that push against Sam Houston, they're going to be having a, a rough time. And I know there's a lot of new faces. you got Kingsley, Suan Matia, Caleb Etienne, Waylon Lapuahu, Paul Maile, Connor Pay. They're, I mean, they need to gel, right? They haven't no. been playing together for years and years. But these guys are veteran, big, strong guys. Like, they should, and very smart, they should be able to be getting that push. So I'm curious what went on there. Do you think they were overhyped? I'm curious what you guys think. Um. I mean, I don't I don't think they're overhyped. I do think it takes time to gel, like real games to gel. Like yeah. and so I think it's gonna take another game or maybe two for them to really click. Um but I you know, we had so I do the coaches show and we had um Paul Miley on the show on Tuesday night and you know, he was even like he said like we'll do better, we need to do better. Yeah, but of course. I don't. I didn't sense any sort of panic or anything like that in the way he he delivered that um, description. So I think you know I still need to reserve my judgment for like another game, yeah. Um, before I actually say they're overhyped. Um, yeah. But yeah, time will tell. Well, and frankly, if they come out against SUU and and totally dominate, don't don't buy into that either. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you. I, I want to see Arkansas. I want to see Kansas. Yep. I want to see those games before I'm starting to. Do I need to buy sock, stock, or sell sure. stock in the BYU offensive and, line? Yeah, Arkansas for me is the is the the line. Yeah. That's where we figure out who they are, what they are. Yeah. Um, the, these first two games will be just kind of them feeling out what what they do best and how to gel together as a team. And I'm wondering if we overhyped the defense. I'm hoping not, but I mean, Sam Houston had a brand new offense too, right? So I mean, they're coming out. They're not going to be doing very well. They're trying to figure their stuff out. So of course, BYU you know, being the better team is going to come out and have a stellar performance against against them. 
So I, I'm hoping also, I think we need to have realistic expectations, not only for the offense, but also on the defensive are, side. Are you short selling the uh, team that is leading the nation in scoring defense? <laughs> I mean, Lauren, come on. Oh, Zero points on the on, yep. on the year. Don't they're, they're Hype that son of a we're, we're winning the national Let's championship. <laughs> also, I do have to say, Ryan Rico is a weapon for BYU. I know people As long are, as he's kicking now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I Kalani said we might still see it later on in the season. I hope oh so. Oh boy. I think he's gonna give the, <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. I think he's gonna give the defense so many chances this season with that strong leg and, and I think uh it takes some pressure off both sides of the ball to know you have a guy like that. Like that definitely is a weapon. I thought Greg uh Rubel had one of my favorite calls of the game on the broadcast with him and Hans Olsen on the radio broadcast where it was the I think it was Rico's third or fourth punt, and it was one of those where they were backed up inside the, their own their own tw- twenty five, and Gregor Bell says once again Ryan Rico with plenty of fill to work with with his punt to deliver a booming punt, and he did. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild once again because yeah. that's the only thing they can cheer about. It's a double edged sword, man. Yeah. Like you like to see Ryan Rico booming those punts, right. you know, but then you're like, yeah, he's kind of punting too much. Let let Rico cook, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All aboard the Rico train. Here's some of the offensive stats from the game: Keaton Slovis, twenty for thirty three, one hundred forty four yards and two rushing touchdowns. L.J. Martin, 16 carries, 91 rush yards. Darius Lasseter, four catches for 43 yards. And Chase Roberts, five catches for 42 yards. What were some of the positives you guys took away from the offense performance? Let's start with Ben. I think the positives, L.J. Martin, obviously. um, Although I think everybody's putting stock into what we saw, L.J., and I think that is a little bit of an overreaction coming out of game one. A lot of his yards came in the third or fourth quarter. And and frankly, I'm not taking anything away because he did look good. But you're in the third or fourth quarter against a team that's making that transition up from FCS right. to FBS. So how much of that is you finally wore him down? That, there's a question yeah. mark there. But I'm not taking away because LJ took his opportunity and capitalized on it. That's great because now you're getting, now that running back group looks deeper. And that's what you want to see there. I think that's a positive. I think the fact that the receivers were able to make some plays. I mean, they didn't make a lot of plays. But without Epson Hill, I think that's nice to know that there is depth at the receiving core. And the fact that I, I think this is a really kind of uh, maybe this is an illusion. Maybe I don't know. I'm looking too deep. The fact that even with the offensive struggling, Keaton Slovis seemed to have a grasp and control of what was going out on the field. Even even though things weren't going well, he never lost his composure. I mean, he still was that that what you'd expect out of what is he at? Ten, a 10th yeah, year this quarterback? This ain't his first rodeo. This yeah. ain't no, his first rodeo. I think that's important to see from your quarterback when things are going wrong. Yeah. Hemma, what do you think? I think Ben brings up a good point with Keaton Slovis. Like, you know, it's easy to, if you're not running the ball well and you're forced to throw a lot more, you start to force balls into places that they shouldn't be, and resulting in a bunch of picks and things like that. Yeah. And we didn't see that from Keaton. Um, which is fantastic. Now, again, it's first game. Can't really take too much away from either you know side of the, both the positives and the negatives. But um, the fact that they were, you know, able to still put up two touchdowns, yeah. like <laughs> during a lackluster performance, is you know not not bad. I don't think it's concerning yet. Right, and we'll see. Only time will tell. I I really like the strong start. I think. They came out of that first drive and did exactly what they needed to do. It was fun seeing Keaton rush for the first time in, ever in his career, have a rushing touchdown. I think he's a little quicker than I thought he was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Like he really Watching him run, I was like, getting my binoculars. Was like, <laughs> Keaton oh. running? Wow, all right. He's got a little pep in his step. Uh, there were way too many penalties, and I wonder yeah. how different the score 
would have been had they played a little bit cleaner. Because it was, it was kind of they, they had a great first drive and then penalty, 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 penalty. And, For of course, sure. that's going to take a toll on how you're playing. And everyone's trying to, you know, gel with each other. So that's got to be frustrating to get so many penalties and keep that momentum going. Um, I agree. Obviously, LJ Martin was the bright spot in the offense. He looks so poised for a freshman, just like he'd been doing it for years. And I'm excited to see how he progresses throughout the season. But I still really want to see Aiden Robbins and, mm-hmm. and Deion Smith get their chance to shine. I think it was kind of a – I felt bad for them a little yeah. bit after the game, didn't you? Like, a little, Yeah, a little bit. And But Kalani said – you know, in the post game, he's like, you know, we just kind of rode the hot hand, and that's kind of what you do with the with the running back room. You yeah. know, whoever can get it done that day gets the, you know, a bunch of snaps in a row. Um, but I agree. I think Aiden Robbins. You know, I think a big strong back needs um, a lot more time to mm-hmm. adjust to this offense, and I'm hoping to see a lot more carries from him this next game. We talked about uh, this is the first shutout since 2014 and the impressive performance of the defense. But do you guys think it was more Sam Houston being bad or BYU's defense being so good? Ben, let's start. I'm, I'm going to go BYU's defense. Sam Houston, they had some. I mean, we're, we're talking on tiers here, but for what who they are, I thought they had some really good players on that team, and I thought that they were doing really good things. I just think that defense is – there's there's some holes on that defense. I think there's some in, worry and some inexperience at safety. Um, I would like to see just a little bit more from the defensive line. But the linebackers, the cornerbacks, you mentioned that at the start of the show, I think uh, they had a fantastic game. And I think that's like got – I think the, the excitement surrounding the defense is legit. I think it's. It, I don't think you need to temper it too much. Yeah. Um, especially based off of past experiences, I think it's something that, that as a BYU fan, you, should be, you can and should be excited about. Yep, I agree. BYU did a really good job. I think, you know, considering you know first couple weeks of the season, they're going to run a lot of basic stuff, right? Even the defensive side, and so the the defense showed a lot of what they're capable of doing with without Micah Harper, like. Um, that's that was for me the biggest question mark, and um, so I think the defense just played uh, phenomenal. And I don't know if you remember, like that was a wild first week of football, uh, yeah. including like the Colorado. Yeah. And Shooter Sanders from Colorado, like that someone asked him, like, what's the difference between FCS, FBS, and like Division One, two? He's like, there's not much different except for like the line. The lines. The line, huh? The line is where like you see the biggest discrepancies. But he's like, talent wise and skill positions, they're pretty. They're pretty close. And so, like, you know, not to say Sam Houston's some kind of world beater, but, like, <laughs> they've got athletes, like yeah. Ben says, on the side of that side of the ball. So, you um, give them respect. Yeah. And I like that they've said this week, coaches and players, a win is a win, right? And then you just got to build off of that. Let's look at some uh, quotes from the different coordinators this week. Aaron Rodgers told Greg Rebell in Coordinator's Corner that the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter, he realized Sam Houston couldn't do anything against BYU's defense, so he said – Let's just play it smart, get out of here with a win, and fix our issues. He said he knows it wasn't a lot of fun to watch, but he felt like it was his responsibility to take care of the football and just get the win. How do you feel about that mentality of playing it safe, Emma? Oh, uh, I think it's smart. You got to first couple games of the season. You you want to feel out your players' uh, levels individually, and so like the best way to do that is to not without you know without the. Uh, coaching element of like running stunts or like different kind of unique packages and things like that you can see straight up 1v1 like how your corners fare against their receivers 
Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's my opinion. I think it's the smart thing to do. That's the way they, it should have been done. And, um, they did well. Like people complain that like, you know, we were happy that when Jay Hill came in that he said there's going to be a lot more pressure. There's going to yeah. be a lot of yeah. sacks and stuff like that. And like, uh, I heard I saw some people complaining about like not having a lot of sacks that game, but it's like they're not gonna run stunts and twists and things like that. Right. They're gonna keep it basic. You're not looking for style points in week one, right? right. That that doesn't make the win any better, any worse. There wasn't style points, and A Rod's right. It wasn't. They they were just trying to get the win. Yeah. Great, fine, and the, he's right. It wasn't fun to watch. My someone may have been in the press box watching Texas Tech Wyoming on their laptop. I, oh I, I can't confirm or deny that, but there were more we exciting games names. to watch that night. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, well, that's why I have mixed feelings. I mean, if you if you were Utah playing Florida with all eyes on you, or Colorado playing S, uh, TCU, then maybe you do throw out a few more stuff and do right. a little more things right. because all eyes are on you. But BYU playing Sam Houston, yeah, not very many people are watching you. It, Midnight. Well, yeah, we're in the entertainment business. <laughs> They're in the win business. Right, right. Yeah, he, he trusted the defense and, and knew they were playing lights out. Uh, get LJ some reps, take care of the ball. I think he did the right thing. Jay Hill talked about his reasons for being on the sideline during games instead of in the booth. Do you like that Jay Hill is on the sideline with the team, Ben? I don't really care, to be honest yeah. with you. I, 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 a lot of people try to make a lot about where your coordinators sit and what they're seeing. What, what's comfortable for the coordinator? Yeah. Like, like it, just because your your decor, your offense coordinators on the field doesn't mean that they don't have a set of eyes they trust right. upstairs. And as long as that information's coming down and they're getting a feel of where it, I, I look, it, it's not a big deal to me. I just that's the best yeah. way to say it. I, I don't really care. What do you think, Hamilton? Yeah, I want him on the field. Yeah, you know. I still think of Jay Hill as a head coach, and so having two head coaches on the sidelines is, I think, big deal for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I like that he talked about he likes to look his players in the eyes and helps him feel confident. And you saw all the energy he was bringing to Edwards Stadium just on the sideline with the guys. I think he's where he needs to be. Coming up, we'll check the scores around the Big 12 and discuss if we're more or less confident in BYU having a winning season. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean alongside Hema Hemuli and Ben Bagley. The Big 12 had a mixed showing in week one with a handful of upsets. The losses were TCU against Colorado. They lost 42 to 45. Texas Tech lost to Wyoming 33 to 35. And then Baylor lost to Texas State 31 to 42. West Virginia lost to Penn State. 15 to 38. Woof. Woo. Those were some <laughs> subpar showings. There were some blowout wins. UCF, Kansas, Texas, K-State, Oklahoma, Cincy, and Iowa State all had some blowout. And then some close ones. Uh, obviously, BYU and Sam Houston, Oklahoma State, beat Central Arkansas 27 to 13. And then UTSA and Houston. Houston just barely got the edge 17 to 14. Seeing the other Big 12 stools, schools get upset this past weekend, does that make you feel better about BYU's chances of having a winning season, Emma? Uh, not necessarily better. It did kind of tweak the formula I had for calling BYU's wins and losses you yeah. know, before the season. Yeah. So I might have to tweak things there. But, uh, you know, it doesn't ultimately matter for, like, in-conference stuff. It only matters for the national championship, and right. BYU is still in the running for the national championship. <laughs> Let's go. No. Let's, Let's go. I, the one thing that stands out to me, I mean, does it increase your chance? I think maybe a little bit because I think people thought TCU was going to be better yeah. than they were. So, so 
Do, but what are we? And what Texas are we, Tech. Yeah. What are we asking? Are we okay? Do, are we shooting for a winning season? I don't know that that changes my thing because I think BYU was probably uh, the low point for BYU was going to be that six win mark. I, I think personally. Uh, but what's the, what's the interesting thing that jumped out to me? Seven Big Twelve teams scored thirty five or more points, mm-hmm. and one of those was in a loss. There are yeah. some points being put yeah. on the board, and I think I think it was uh, nine or ten teams thirty plus hmm. points. So, if you're worried about the and offensive, that, well, for I mean, BYU, I mean, that was going to get a little more. Yeah. So, yeah, because that wasn't the surprising part. I mean, that's what the Big Twelve is known for. Yeah, points yeah. on the board, just airing it out, getting a lot of points. Uh, it made me feel a little bit better about Texas Tech and TCU. But Cincinnati scoring 66 points <laughs> and Kansas scoring 48. UCF 56. Yes. No. Those, yeah. were, those were the guys that are supposed to be closer to BYU's level, right? Headed into the Big 12. Those are the guys you're like, oh, we, I'm not, not your mark in, uh, mark in the win column yet. Sure. But, I mean, those are the, the first couple of games that are, are lower in the Big 12. That yeah. BYU is going to play on their schedule, so I'm like, Ooh. yeah. So it's kind of like you said, you maybe you got a tweak a little bit. Like, I mean, it did make me nervous for sure because, like, you know, Cincinnati, all the prognostications were like BYU is going to win that one. Yeah, and I'm like, eh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe it'll be more of a slugfest than we think. Yeah, and I, I think every single one of these games is going to be that way. So BYU obviously starting with Sam Houston SUU, starting with two. I I hate calling them lesser opponents, right? But I mean, that's kind of how you look at them a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, you see University of Utah, for example, starting with Florida and Baylor. So do you guys like starting the season with two easier games, or do you like tougher opponents in weeks one and week two? Ben? I'm going to tell you this right now. Kyle Whittingham is in Salt Lake City saying, don't ever, 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 <laughs> ever, ever do this to me again. <laughs> even, even if Florida was just a pathetic dumpster fire, yeah. and Baylor struggled in week one, right. lost their starting quarterback, so they're going to see a diminished Baylor team week two. I don't know any P5 team that likes the idea of starting a season non-conference against two other p5 teams yeah now it was different in independence you got your big games up front because that's what p5s could schedule right moving forward to the big 12 yeah let's go give me an in-state yeah. weber state utah state suu Utah, Utah Tech. technological, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. Utah Give me Tech's Weber fine. State, yeah, Utah yeah, Tech. yeah. Like, like one, one of those. Let's keep one in state Give, of the lesser schools. Not hurts being an Aggie myself, but the lesser <laughs> schools in state, and then give me something. Maybe a G five, maybe it's that FCS team, whatever. Before you get to conference, if if yeah. I'm Tom Homo, if I'm Kalani Saki, that's exactly what I want because. This year, and then again next year when the conference expands out to 16, oh, there's yeah. some bangers of some games in there, and you don't want – I mean, Baylor lost their, their starting quarterback in week one. You don't want to lose guys going into the conference season because that's where it's at. If you win your conference, you go to the expanded playoff of 12 teams. You want to have your guys in check, ready to go in the conference season. So I'm okay with you it. You agree? I agree. Give me an FCS, FCS team like week one, knock the rust off, maybe a better team – you know, week two. Just kind of tears. Yes, Slowly and then maybe a G5 up. team come week three or something. Because, yes, exactly. I'm it okay. Does... Like, this year, the two the two games with, like, SUU and Sam Houston, then you get an Arkansas. I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Like, give me one P5 team of going into conference. Give me that marquee game that you can sell to TV networks. Because that's going to be a leap. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be For a – For sure. Uh, yeah. A hurdle. From SUU to Arkansas, but hashtag blessed that BYU is starting with Sam Houston and SUU, right? Looking back uh, before getting into tough conference play, I, I do think it could be great for the program to start off with a big win 
with a lot of eyes, putting your name in the mix early if you do well and win, especially with these teams, I mean, kind of like BYU, where you're not always in the mix. You're not Alabama. You're not Tennessee. You know, like all eyes are not on you from the beginning. So there is some value to starting off with just like a boom if you do well. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there is, but there is also like merit to like following the quote unquote SEC model of like yeah. you, you have the easy, easy games at the beginning because you know you're going to get beat up toward the end of the season. Yeah. I think BYU needs to shift their focus to kind of that. Like, yeah. we're in the Big 12 now. We're going to get beat up late in the season. So keep, let's, keep your guys healthy. let's ease ourselves in there. Yeah, ease them in. Setting the scene for Saturday, Southern Utah barely lost to Arizona State. 24 to 21. They're clearly a good team. Let's let's be clear. Arizona State, a lesser team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry, Arizona State, but yeah, we're going to be playing them next year, possibly. Yeah. Hey, that's a win. Big 12 brothers. <laughs> Chalk it up. Clearly a good team in SUU. They have a lot to prove against an in-state rival playing at a huge stadium. BYU needs to be careful, but they know that. BYU is historic, historically mediocre in day games. Since 2020, BYU is 6-7 in games that kicked off before 6 p.m. local time. And the wins weren't that impressive, the ones that they did get. Idaho State, Washington State, Georgia Southern, Northern Alabama, UTSA, and Utah Tech. With all that, what does BYU need to do to restore your faith in its offense during this SUU game, Emma? Uh, definitely they need to be more efficient. Um, you mentioned the penalties earlier in this show. Like, uh, Had they had not as many penalties or even none of those penalties, they, we probably would have felt a little better because they would have been better on third. They would have had a better conversion rating. Like, um, I think we would have seen more of an efficient team if it weren't for the penalties. But I am of the opinion we need to hang like you know thirty on teams like this. <laughs> yeah. I, I have that opinion of uh, Sam Houston, but we didn't do that. So personally, I would feel better if we hang thirty plus on these guys. Yeah. What to to impress half a hundy. Ha- wow. 50 points. Well, the, I mean, okay, yeah. to be impressive sure. against an SUU team, you got to you got to roll up half a hundred. Yeah. Now, that's not my expectation. Yeah. That that's why that's that's going to get me perking up in the press box going, "Oh." Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but I think realistically, you're looking at about 30ish or so. But more importantly, I think what I want to see is the guys on offense, the Aiden Robbins. I want to see Kingsley Suomataia. I want these guys to be mistake free. Mm-hmm. I want these guys to be impressive. I mean, these guys who have NFL aspirations, Kingsley maybe first round aspirations. Mm-hmm. Show me because yeah. I didn't see it on against Sam Houston. Too many mistakes, not enough big plays coming from Kingsley, uh, Aiden, Keaton, Slovis to a certain extent. Uh, if we if we see Cody Epps and Keanu Hill, I don't know I don't know what their status is at this point. But if we see those guys, like I want to see their playmakers making plays. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Now, impress me, throw half a honey. But what I want to see is playmakers making plays. Yeah, I feel bad for the offensive line because <laughs> they're rarely in the spotlight, right? Unless things are going wrong, then you're like <laughs> yep. Kingsley, where are you at? It's man? the life of an offensive lineman. Yeah. So. We love you guys. We truly do. We know it's because it's where it starts. Yeah. It's like you mentioned at the beginning of the show. It's the difference between FCS, FBS is the line. Hey, the only time the announcers mention your name as an offensive line is when the ref just called you for a holder. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I would just wave. I would be like, yeah, that's right, guys. What's up? Uh, the offense was supposed to be the group that was taken care of coming into the season. I, I didn't even think much about the offense, honestly. I think everyone thought that same thing. So excited to see the defense. What's this defense going to do? 
after game one, you're like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? We, we didn't need to worry about them because they had the veteran guys, a huge old line, veteran coach, proven scheme. Uh, but you got to love college football, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it, things can change on a dime. And I know that it makes it exciting, I guess, for all of us. You can see it in that respect. I think the offense needs to score a lot of points to restore fans' faith in them. Plain and simple. Let's say, for me, score at least 35. Okay. I don't know why. That that number just feels, it's a good, feels number. good to me because I don't think it's good half Louis a number. hundy. <laughs> jumping from 14 <laughs> points to half a hundy, Ben, I mean, that's... You asked me what would be impressive. <laughs> half a hundy. That's impressive. I asked what would restore your faith. I think 35... My faith would be restored okay, fair. In, what I, in what I previously thought was the offense was going to be. So I think the Cougars have the talent to do it uh, if they can get their ducks in a row. You guys agree with that? Yes. <laughs> can we no, all I agree? Co- I concur. Ben? <laughs> ben? All in favor? All in, I, okay. I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. That does it for us today. Thanks again to Hemihe Muli and Ben Bagley for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.